Well, at this time, we are going to prepare to receive the tithes and the offerings. If you're visiting us for the very first time, we want to just say welcome. Um, if this is not your home church, we don't want you to feel obligated to give. If this is your home church, this is a time where we prepare our hearts to give and to give cheerfully. One of my favorite things um, that I like to watch is food co competitions. One of my favorite shows is MasterChef. And I, I love when all these cooks come together and they, they just cook it out. And these are home cooks, they're not even professionals. And I'm always like blown away, I'm taking notes and, and everything kind of like operates around food. And I, one of the greatest rules or the golden rule of cooking is season everything. Have you ever cooked something that you forgot to season? I have. Now, my husband's super kind. He will say, oh, it, it's good. But but I'll see him like putting salt on it. I was like, oh, shucks, I forgot to flavor. I forgot to season it. So when I do add the salt, it just enhances the flavor that much. So I can decide, hey, do I want an okay dish or do I want a great dish? I want a great dish. And I think about God as a master chef. He gives out, he, he gives to us talents, gifts, he gives us our finances. He gives us, he just blesses us. And then when he calls for just a little bit back as he creates something great, what he's saying is, hey, I want what you have because I need your flavor. I need your flavor. I need to season this so that we can flavor the world. Not just so that it would be good, but it would be great. That's what we get to do. So when we're saying, yes, Lord, I will give you my time. I will give you my talents. I will give you my finances because I trust that because he's so good, he's the master, that he's gonna use it to make it even better than what we could ever do on our own. For those of you watching us online, we don't want you to miss this opportunity either to give. There is a give button there, also in the fellowship hall. But for those of us here, this is our time where we're saying, yes, Lord, use me. Yes, Lord, use what I have. Let's pray. Most Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for just the abundant gifts that you give us, the flavoring that you have allowed this earth to have with your children, Lord. We just give to you. We give back. And we, we expect, Lord, something great because that's how good you are, because you are the master. So, Lord, use us. Use our gifts. Bless the giver. Bless these gifts, these tithes, these offerings, Lord. Bless it so that it can go out into the world and flavor it in your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Well, today we begin a brand new series, God's Mission for Me. And when I think about God's mission for all of us, God had in mind something very important, and it had to do with people. Everything that you and I will ever go through, God will never waste. He never wastes a hurt, an experience, or a pain. He will even use it to reach other people who may very well be going through the same thing. And God wants to use our story to reach out to other people. Pastor Ben Urbanoza is going to share with us this morning when we ask the question, why me? Let's welcome up Pastor Ben as he comes and shares. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. And yep, that's right. This morning we are starting a brand new series called God's Mission for Me. And the truth is, God has a mission for each and every one of us. But a lot of times we can face situations where we ask, Lord, why me? Like, why me? And, um, you know, for, to be honest, there's many times throughout the day I ask myself, why me? Especially when I have kids. Uh, why me? And, and uh, in fact, uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife Katie, uh, over a month ago, she gave birth to our twins. And so uh, it's so amazing because, you know, we've got, we, you know, we had kids, we've, we have three girls already, and now we have a girl and a boy. And so one thing I wasn't ready for again was changing diapers. For some reason, every time I change diapers, I ask the Lord, why me? Why me? In fact, uh, we, caught, we came home from the hospital and we, uh, my daughter, Leah, she had a dirty diaper. And so I was like, okay, you know, and my wife, you know, Katie, she's pumping. And, and so I'm like, okay, I, I'll, do, I'll do diaper duty. I'm okay with doing diaper duty. And so I go to, the, I go to them and I notice I open, I open her diaper and I see she, she left a present for daddy in her diaper. And so I'm like, oh, okay, sweetie, oh, it's okay, daddy's gonna change you. And I, so I start grabbing the wipe and I grab the diaper and I turn back and my daughter decides to, that she loves daddy so much. She's gonna continue to give the gift of giving. And so, poof, 
it explodes onto me, and I'm like, ah! I'm like, why me? Like, why are you doing it to me? Why didn't you do it to mommy? And Katie's just laughing. Katie's like, ah! Again, because for some reason, all my kids, they see me, when they're babies, they see me as a target practice or something. Because always, it always happens to me. And so I'm like, okay, oh, it's okay, it's okay. So I wipe off. I, I'm wiping the, the, the present off of me, and I'm trying to wipe her. And she still continues to give. And I'm like, what is going on? Why, why are you giving me so much? Where is it all coming from? Like, where is it? And so I kid you not, in a matter of 10 seconds, I must have used like three diapers. Because my daughter decided to keep giving. And I was like, Lord, why me? And Katie's just laughing, laughing, laughing. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm okay with it. But the truth is, have you ever, have you, have you ever uh, experienced or had a moment where you're just so overwhelmed or frustrated or irritated or over it where you, you actually wanted to, or maybe actually you did, scream out, why me? Like, did anybody ever experience those moments? You see, I think we've all had those moments where it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. <laughs> you see, a lot of times we'll go through things in life and we wonder, why do we go through them? You know, sometimes we'll turn to God and we'll ask, why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I in this situation? But the beauty is God will never waste a hurt, a painful situation, or a difficult season. In fact, he will even use it to reach people for him. Now, if you're looking in in, in your notes, whether it's on our app or in our bulletin, the first scripture you'll see is found in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4, and it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. See, I love that. God comforts us all in all our troubles. But then it continues with this. It says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You see, you and I, are comforted by God when we go through the situations, not just for our sake, but for the sake of those who might be going through the same things around us. You see, it might not seem so good when we go through those moments of why why me, but no matter what happens in our lives, God can purpose it all for his glory because God has a mission for you and I. This morning, we're gonna discover three biblical principles or actually promises that God has for us, even in moments where we find ourselves asking, why me? And we're going to take a look at a man who had many of those moments, a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. And so if you're taking notes, the first promise that we get to hold on to is the fact that God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for your life. No matter what may have happened till this point, God has a plan for your life. But you see, one of, perhaps one of the biggest moments when we ask why me is when things don't plan out the way that we want them to. Proverbs 69 says it like this, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You know, I think a lot of times when we ask ourselves why me, it's because we think we have this plan. And so we're like, okay, you know, we want it to be our plan. And when it doesn't work out, we're like, why us? But the truth is God ha- God's saying, I have a better plan for you. In fact, a couple years ago, uh, me and my friends, uh, all us guys, all us single guys at that time, uh, we used to do this thing called Wolfpack Retreat. So all us guys would go over to Kona and we'd hang out. We just had fun and, uh, you know, just hang out and be brothers in Christ. And so I remember uh, on this, as we were leaving Hilo, I was riding with one of my friends and we're looking forward to it. We're like, yeah, we're going to go eat at this, this. Yeah, we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out at the pool, jump in the jacuzzi, uh, just hang out and have fun, relax, being single guys and, you know, just loving Jesus. And so we're leave, we, we left Hilo and I'm riding with my friend in his truck. And uh, as we're driving on Saddle Road, my friend bought, before we left Hilo, he bought a two liter of soda. And so as we're driving, he's like, oh, dude, I'm getting, I'm getting thirsty. So pass me my soda. So I, I pass him his soda, his two liter bottle of soda, and he opens it. And so he starts drinking it straight from the bottle. And I'm like, dude, that's a lot of soda. I'm just laughing and we're just kicking back. And all of a sudden, he tries to cap it and it slips out of his hand. But the funniest part about it is it doesn't just fall 
I don't know if it's because of the pressure or anything like that, but it falls, it hits the ground, and it starts going, and it starts shooting soda all over his truck. And I'm laughing because for some reason, number one, it's not hitting me. I'm not getting dirty anyway. And he's just getting upset. He's like, oh, man, I just wasted my soda. And and look, my truck is all dirty. So we stop on the side of the road, and he has to clean it all up. And I'm laughing and laughing and laughing. And you ever have those moments where, like, you... You're going through something, but your best friend is not, and, you're, and they're just like, chill, and you're like, why not you? See, my friend was experiencing a why me moment. His truck is now dirty, his soda's all gone, I'm good, and I'm laughing. And so we're making our, so you think, oh, that's, that's the only situation. No! So we get to Kona, all right, we get to Kona, we're driving on a lead drive, and for some weird reason, my stomach starts to like grumble with me. Like, it's, it's turning. And so I look at my friend, I'm like, dude, we got to hurry up and get to the hotel because my stomach is sore. I got to make doo-doo, bro, for real. I got to go. And so, and so he's like, okay, 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 okay. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand, okay? This is like DEFCON 3 right now, okay? I, we got to get to the hotel. And so, so he's like, okay, okay. So we're driving on a lead drive. Now, when you're driving on a lead drive, you'll see several things. You'll see sh- uh, stores and shops. You'll see tourists. You'll see stop signs. My friend, however... Didn't see the last one. He didn't see the stop sign. Or he did, but he did the Hollywood stop. So he slowed down, and then he went. Well, he may not have seen the stop sign, but the police officer that was watching him not see the stop sign and go into the intersection saw him. And all of a sudden, we hear, whoop, whoop. And my friend's like, what? And I'm looking at him going, dude, I got to go bathroom. And so, and I'm kidding you not. So he, we pull over, and I'm like telling him, dude, just tell the police officer, I gotta use the bathroom, bro. You just tell him, like, I got I'm gonna go into this house right here that I don't even know who this lives, lives here. I'm gonna ask if I can use their bathroom pretty soon. And so he's like, and, and so my friend's like, hey, I know, uh, had a car in front of us that was, that was filled with girls. How come we never stopped them? And he's kind of, he's, and I'm like, stop complaining. Just take the ticket. I gotta go. <laughs> and so finally we get the ticket and we go. And so I'm not even joking. This is not me uh, overacting or anything. I'm not overtelling this story. We get to the hotel. I run out of his truck. Okay. I run straight to the receptionist area. Hi, I'm here to check in. But before I do, can I use the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? And so she, she, then she tells me, oh, it's in the parking garage. At this level, it's DEFCON 1, yeah? And now you're telling me I gotta run. When your stomach is sore and you run, you're playing with fire. <laughs> you're playing with fire. And so I make my way as fast as I can to the garage. I open the door and I get to the stall. And you think, oh, okay, the story's over. Nope, because for some reason, when I get to the stall, my shorts don't like come off. <laughs> so they tied in a knot. I'm like, ah! So long story short, I rip my shorts and use bathroom. Yep. And then funnier, and even funnier was later on that night, we're watching, uh, we're talking about it, and we're just saying, this is a crazy, like, we just wanted to go to Kona. We just wanted to go to Kona, have fun, you know, you know, enjoy the time. My friend got a ticket. I don't wear shorts anymore. And then we're watching TV, and the Allstate commercial comes on, and, you know, the guy goes, stop signs, not hard to follow. And my friend goes, not if you're our friend, ha <laughs> ha! You see, we all have plans for our lives. But sometimes it doesn't work out the way we want. And when it doesn't, a lot of times we can ask ourselves, why me? Because when things don't go according to plan, we can, it, we, it's easy to grumble, complain, and it's, easy, it's even easy to question if God knows what he's doing. But the answer is yes. Of course he does. Because God has a plan for our lives. If you look at Genesis 37, we're going to look at verses 5 to 10 and then 27 to 28. And this is where we find the story of Joseph. And Joseph uh, had many brothers, but he was also very favored by his dad. And so as we read in Genesis verse five, uh, 37 verse 5, it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. See, Joseph's brothers did not, did not like Joseph. They hated him. And so when Joseph comes to them and says, Hey, bros, I, got a re- I had a really awesome dream, and he shares it with them because of the content of the dream, which basically says that they're going to bow down to Joseph. They hate him even more. I don't know about you, but I think some of us, if you had siblings and your youngest sibling says you're going to bow down to, to them, you probably wouldn't like that either. So then we read in verse 27 to 28, and this is now the brother's reaction. 
Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. The Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. See, what's what's crazy is that his brothers develop a plan. They're like, hey, you know what? Let's kill Joseph. Let's kill Joseph. That's how much they hated their brother Joseph. But one of the brothers was like, hey, you know what? That's not good. Let's let's talk about we, we hide him for now, and then we'll come back for him. Uh, or hide him for now, and then we can lie to our dad. And so they devised this plan. Well, instead of killing Joseph, they decide, hey, you know what's even better than killing him? Because if we kill him, we're guilty of murder. So we got an even better plan. Let's sell him. This is his brothers, his own flesh and blood, and they're saying, let's sell him into slavery. So they do that. They take Joseph, and they sell him, and because of that, Joseph is nowhere near his family. He's far from him, into a whole other country. I don't know about you, but that's a it's a big, why me? Like, can you imagine Joseph thinking, man, why me? Why don't my brothers like me? Why are my brothers against me? Why did my brothers sell me into slavery? But little did Joseph know that this was God allowing his plan to start to take place. Now, I share this story a lot, but I'm going I'm to share a little bit more. And uh, when I first met Katie, I thought she was really cool. I thought she was one of my, uh, she was nice and uh and she was actually my friend's sister. And so I was like, oh, yeah, she's cool and all this and that. And then eventually there came a time where I said, hey, Katie's kind of cute. And then there was a time where I was like, hey, maybe Katie, maybe I'll, maybe I'll meet up, meet, uh, uh, go out with Katie. Maybe she's the one. And I'm not joking, but I, I actually remember I was praying on it, and I heard the Lord say, wait. I was like, no, 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 but, but my plan is to be with Katie, Lord. No, 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 yeah, she's the one, but wait. And so that was the plan. And so I remember, I was like, okay, Lord, you're saying she's the one, but you know what, I, it's not good enough because I want her to, I want to be with her now. See, in high school, junior, I never had a relationship. Katie was actually my first girlfriend. And so when, 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 when I realized that I wanted to be with her, I was like, Lord, I want to be with Katie. I think she's the one. I want to marry her. I want to, I want to you know, have a family with her. And he's like, just wait. But my plan wasn't to wait. My plan, I wanted it right there, right now. And so I gave up a lot of things. And the moment we broke up, it destroyed me. Because I had given up a lot to be with Katie. And I thought... God, this was my plan to be with Katie. You told me she's the one. You told me she's supposed to be my wife. And I'm not even joking. Not, not like Hallmark movie, but like real life where, Lord, you, I, I swear you told me she's the plan. And this is what he said. He said, listen, she, is the pl- she was the plan, but the reason why you're hurting right now is because you went outside of my plan. The reason why you're, you're, you're here heartbroken depressed, asking why me is because you moved outside of my plan and tried to make your own plan take place. And it hurt. Katie was the love that I was always looking for. Being with Katie was the relationship that I was looking forward to for for the rest of my life. And when we broke up, I remember saying, Lord, why me? But you know what's so amazing is God is saying, God, God said, I have a plan for you. See, you might be here this morning, and maybe you're feeling the same thing. Like, Lord, why am I here? I thought you told me this was part of my plan. I thought you told me I'm supposed to do all these things, but why am I going through this right now? Maybe it's because we're trying to step out of his plans. Maybe it's because we're trying to do things on our own. But here's the beauty of God. His plan for our lives is far greater than our own. And when I finally came back and said, okay, Lord, whatever you want, can I tell you this? The plan he had for me, far better than my own. Because although, although I wanted Katie back then, Katie is now my wife. My plan was to get married uh, at 25, got married at 25. My plan was to have kids like a year or two after. We had Caitlin about a year after we got married. You see, sometimes, not even sometimes, most times, our plan will never, ever come close to the plan that God has. And a lot of times we'll find ourselves asking, why me? Because we stepped out of his plan. Listen, 
God has a plan for our lives. All we got to do is follow him. Even when we're going through junk, even when we're going through hard times, God still has a, ba- a good plan for us. You see, I thought Katie was supposed to be part of my life. I thought she was supposed to be part of the plan. But looking back at it, God used that moment to show me that his plan is far better than my own. And that even though it was a moment of heartbreak and heartache and doubt, that God still has a plan for our lives. He had a plan for mine. That's the promise we get to hold on to. And the second thing is this. The second promise we get to hold on to is God wants to prosper us, not harm us. God wants to prosper you, not harm you. You see, when we experience why me moments, we can feel hurt, abandoned, frustrated. We can even think that God is picking on us. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. Romans 8, 28 and verse 31 says it like this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can I tell you this morning? God is for you. God is for you. If you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a struggle right now, can I tell this to you? God is for you. And if you trust in him, he's going to use that struggle, he's going to use that turmoil to prosper you, not harm you. A couple years ago, we had this camp, and it was called our Ignite Camp, and it was the roughest camp I've ever been a part of. It was the first time I was actually overseeing one of our youth camps. And you talk about almost everything wrong that could have happened, happened. I mean, we got there, and this is our junior high camp, okay? The Lord was trusting me with 50 junior hires. Already I was asking myself, why me? <laughs> and, then, and then we get down. It was at Spencer's Beach Park, and we get there. And so, like, the first day was okay. And then towards the end of the first day, the county workers come and tell us, hey, guess what? There's no more showers. You guys can't use the showers in the, in the, in the restrooms. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, 50 junior hires, and now you're taking away my showers. Junior hires, Lord. Showers. I got to be with them, you know, all day, all week. And then they tell us, oh, the bathrooms down by the pavilion don't work. And I kept asking myself, Lord, why me? Why are you taking, like, why? This is a camp. This is a church camp. This is what we were praising you. Why is all this bad stuff happening? The next day, uh, we played sham battle in the court, in the basketball court. And it was hot. Like if you, ever, if, if you know who, where Spencer's Beach Park is, you know Kauai High. It's hot. And so we're playing in the morning, and we're just, it's hot, and we're playing sham battle. Well, we eat lunch, and after lunch, we get a phone call saying, hey, there was a shark sighting at Hapuna. So they shut down all the beaches. Lord, there's 50 junior hires, no showers, no, ba- no toilet down here. We've got to go walk over there. And now we can't go in the water. Why me? And so we start, we played sham butter for like eight hours that day. <laughs> I got dark. I got burnt. And then it was just one thing and another, one thing and another, to the point where I'm not even joking. I, we, uh, I, was, I, fo- I had to call somebody. And on the phone call, it was like this I quit. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was crying. I was like, I can't do this no more. I don't want to be here. I quit. And I was telling one of my friends who, uh, who has seen me in youth ministry, and she told me, it's okay. Because right now, what you're going through right now is you're going to grow from this. And can I be honest with you? I didn't want to grow from this. I want to go from that. I didn't want to grow. I wanted to go. She's saying, yeah, but here's the thing. You can decide to either let this help you later on, or you can let it stop you. See, I don't know about you, but when I, what I realize is this. When God wants to prosper me, I'm willing, to let him, I'm willing to grow no matter what. No matter what the situation may be, no matter what it may look like. You see, we can ask God, why me, when we face painful moments in our lives. And the truth is this. We can remain in that moment. We can remain in that pain. We can remain in that, out, in that, in that um, decision. We can remain in that hurt and the situation And when we remain, we allow it to do more damage because it moves us away from God. See, we can remain in the pity party 
but trust me, it's going to do more harm. See, the truth is that God wants to prosper us by allowing us to focus on him and what he's doing. I said this first service. See, I learned this. I would rather grow through the roughest, hardest, toughest times in my life and still be with the Lord than have the easiest life but be without him. I would rather go through struggles and hardships and loss but still have Jesus than have a great life here only to miss out what he has for me. See, that's, that's why when we say, why me? It's not about us. It's about focusing on him. And that's what Joseph did. In, in Genesis 39, verse 19 to 23, the story of Joseph gets a little bit more complex. Joseph gets sold into slavery, but the person that he gets sold into slavery with is actually a high official in Egypt. And because of the Lord's blessing, Joseph actually rises in the house. He actually gets put in charge of all the servants, and he becomes actually powerful where he is. But then all of a sudden, something takes place in verse 19. It says, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. You see, Joseph gets accused of doing something that he didn't even do. And without even a trial, without even being heard, the, his, his master throws him into prison. And I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, dude is in prison. This is the, the worst place to be. You're in prison. You didn't even do anything wrong, but you're in prison. I'm pretty sure there was probably a moment where Joseph was like, why me? Why me? But here's what happened. Did you see what happened? Did you read what happened? The Lord showed up in prison. You know what that means? It means in any circumstance, in any situation, in any hardship, the Lord can show up. And the Lord didn't just show up. He didn't just say, hey, I'm with you, Joseph. No, did you read that? Everything Joseph did in prison, he succeeded. Why? Because the Lord was with him. See, Joseph was betrayed. He was accused of doing something that he had done, and he was thrown into prison. But what's so amazing is that even after being betrayed and thrown into prison, God, or Joseph continued to see God's anointing on him. I would rather have God's anointing on me through whatever than not. Because even in the depths of prison, Joseph realized that he can prosper because the Lord was with him. There was a time in my life where I went through a season where, I mean, it was hard. It was done by, and I, was betray, I felt betrayed. I felt taken advantage of. I felt like I was thrown under the bus. I felt like I was uh, completely, uh, falsely accused of being someone who I wasn't. And it was hard. It was supposed to be one of the most happiest times of my life. And trust me, it, it, it wasn't like that. And I remember going, Lord, why me? Like, I get it. I, always, like, I, I looked at it like this. Lord, why me? I'm serving you. I'm worshiping you. I'm helping your people. I'm, I'm giving you all I got. I'm giving you everything. I'm praising you. I'm, a, I'm working for you here at church. Why am I going through this? And I would look at other people, and I'm going to be honest. I would look at other people, and I'd be like, I'd be jealous because I'd be like, look, 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 Lord. They don't, they don't come to church. They don't even know you. They don't love you. Why, why, do, why does their life look so great? And mine, why am I going through this right now? Why me? It was like after I did all the complaining and grumbling, the Lord said, but look at them, though. Do they know me? No, they don't know you. Do they have hope? Do they know my love? See, right now, man, you're going through the hard time, but you're forgetting one simple thing. I'm with you. And because I'm with you, I'm God. I can do whatever I want. I can turn your junk into treasure. See, the thing is them, they don't know me. And although their lives may look great right now, What's going to happen when their lives aren't great? But you have me. 
Are you so jealous of what they have that you're not looking at what you do have? But Lord, I, yeah, but what's going to happen with them if they don't come to me? They're going to turn to other things. But right now you can turn to me and trust in me knowing I'm going to make it all good. And it was like, as I went through that season, God did something in me. And I was like, Lord, why? It was so crazy because as, as he guided me out of that season, it was pretty crazy because, like the Bible says, they, put, they would put memorial stones as they, as they journeyed. And they'd remember what God did for them as, as they looked back at their stones. And as I went from this place to this place to this place, and as I continue, and I still do, endure hardships in my life, I look back at that. And I see where God prospered. I see those stones that I put up after. And I'm like, Lord, that, that's a reminder of who you are. Because here's the thing. And I know this might hurt. But can I tell you this? Sometimes, sometimes the only way that God is going to prosper us is for us to go through times of turmoil. That sometimes the only way that we're going to understand his prospering us is for us to go through times that are hard, rough, struggles, unfair. See, when I went through that season, I thought I was all alone. But God became my confidence and showed me his righteousness. righteousness. What's so great about it is that as I moved from that hard time and as I endured some more, I always remember what he did and the fact that he wasn't and isn't finished with me yet. I want to say this to us this morning. God is not done with you yet. No matter what your situation may be, you may have gotten a diagnosis, your finances might not look good, there might be turmoil in your family, your marriage, but God is not done with you yet because he wants to prosper you. Amen? Amen. He wants to prosper us because the last promise that he gives us as we ask ourselves, why me? Is that he gives us a hope and a future. He gives us a hope and a future. You see, it's, it's easy when we find ourselves questioning why me to lose focus, not just on what God is doing, but also who he is. See, we can, we can get lost and, and ask, Lord, what are you trying to do in my life? What are you trying to do in, in the struggle? Instead of see that, Lord, that's you. It's you. God, it's you. And who you are is more important than what you're doing. Because who he is, is he is the God of the never-ending, never-failing, unconditional love that we can have hope in, no matter what. That's what it says in Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. You know, I know I share this a lot because it's part of my testimony. But I, 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 always, I always forget how great this part is of my testimony. Not because of the sign of loss, but because of what God does. See, growing up as a, without a dad, growing up without a dad, uh, because my dad died before I was born, was hard. I mean, people tell, I mean, I, I hear people saying, oh yeah, I mean, my dad was the worst, my dad was in prison, or my dad, my, my mom and my dad got divorced, I'd never seen them again. And my, and my comment to them is, yeah, but you can. And in fact, uh, in between, after, right after first service, I was talking to somebody, and, and he was telling me about his dad, and, and he said, oh, I got, you know, I got to have a phone call with my dad like 30-something years uh, after he left or whatever, and, and I thought to myself, that's a great, that's, that's awesome, but you still got to hear from your dad. I don't even know what my dad's voice sounded like. I only have pictures of what my dad looked like and the stories of people who knew my dad and come to me and say, oh, your dad was such a great guy, you know, all these things. And I'd be like, that's awesome to hear, but I really wish I met the guy. And you see, I remember uh, thinking to myself, man, what if my dad was alive? What if my dad, what, what, what if my dad was alive? What if my dad never passed away and, I, and what would my life look like? And I always, and I always would, 
ask that and then, and then look at the truth and be like, man, Lord, I'm alone. Why is that? Lord, why? Why me? Like, why did you decide to take my dad away? In fact, that was the reason why I walked away from God. When I was a little kid, I loved God. And then when I became, when I became a teenager and understood that my dad died on Easter Sunday and the day that I was supposed to celebrate Jesus coming back from the dead, it kind of twisted and, and, and warped everything. And so I started asking God, why me? Like, why did I do? Why did you take my dad? Am I not a good person? Like, did you, did you look at my life and say, oh, you're going to be this and that, so I'm going to take your dad away? No. But why me? Why of all these friends that I have and all these other people that I know that have their dads who are not the greatest, why don't I have mine? And then I realized it was part of his plan. It wasn't meant to harm me. It was supposed to prosper me. Because as I stood in that youth wing when I was 16 years old saying, Lord, if you're real, prove it, he did. And when I cried out, Lord, how come I don't have a dad? He said, I'll be your dad. I've been your dad all this time. And if you let me, I'll show you what it means. Because I used to grow up thinking, Lord, what does it mean to be a man? Like, how do I be a man? There's no guy that's going to show me how to be a guy. So I'm going to be influenced by all these other things. What's going to, how am I going to be a dad? How am I going to be a husband? Who's going to? And the whole time God said, I got that covered. And it's so amazing because I realized this. 33 years later, after, after realizing that my dad hasn't been with me, I always had a dad with me. And what I used to look at as painful and hurt, God said, listen, I'm turning that for good. Because I look at it, had my dad been born, I wouldn't be here today. I know for a fact, I'd be living in Lapa'oi. Who knows what my story would look like? See, God saw this plan and he said, unfortunately, that's going to be a part of it. But trust me when I tell you this, I'm going to give you a hope and a future. I'm going to prosper you in it because I have a plan for your life. Even in the most hopeless situation, God can still bring his hope. And that's what I realized. And that's what I love is that that's who God is when he promises a hope and a future. And that's the exact same thing that Joseph witnessed. You see, in Genesis 50, 20, this is where it kind of ends up with Joseph and his brothers. See, what happens is Joseph, um, Joseph was thrown into prison. And what's so crazy is that as he was in prison, the Lord was with him. And he was actually supposed to be released. But then he got forgotten. And then he finally got remembered. He got released. And, and the Lord never once left Joseph. And so as Joseph, uh, he actually became second in command under Pharaoh in Egypt. And because of his obedience to the Lord, the Lord allowed him to make provisions for what was going to come ahead. Well, eventually his brothers would come before him. And thinking that their brother Joseph is either dead or he's somewhere else, they didn't realize that the person that they were standing in front of was their own brother, who they actually had to bow down to. Well, upon their dad, Jacob, his life uh, as passing away, they thought to themselves, There's, well, this, our brother Joseph, now he's, he's, he's going to get back at us. He's going to get back at all the things that we did to him. But here's where I love it, where it says in verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, there were so many why me moments that Joseph faced. But at the end, he realized that everything happened, that everything that happened was for a reason. It was for God's mission to reach people and save lives. When I came to know Jesus, the, person, the place where he put me was in the youth ministry, and I loved it. And like I shared, not growing up with a, with a dad, he actually instilled in me something where he wanted me to see. He actually told me this. He said, you grew up without a dad. There's youth here, there's kids here that they don't have a dad. They might have a parent, but they don't have their dad. Show them who I am. Show them my love. And so there's one, there's one of our youth who, who grew up in our youth ministry, and uh, she actually had a very strained relationship with her father. And so I remember her, meeting her in junior high, and me and Katie, uh, we kind of, we kind of, you know, we just loved on her. We joked with her. We take her with us to uh, places, and and so we, we built a relationship with her. 
And she would always tell me what's going on with her dad. And her dad was also incarcerated and on all these things. And so I, what was so crazy is that God used the fact that I didn't have a dad to turn me into a father figure for this person. It was so amazing to, to, and she would always tell me, she would tell me what her dad did and she couldn't forgive her dad. And then I remember this one day she called me and, she, and I said, I, I want to talk to you. And so I, I, I go, hey, sure. And so I met up with her and, and she said, I, I'm going to, I forgive my dad for all the things she, for all the things he did to me and my mom. And I was like, that's great. And what's so crazy is that she also then got involved in this camp that many of us know, Camp Agape. And she didn't allow herself to just be somebody that attended the camp. She allowed her situation with her parents and the love of Jesus to actually start serving and start helping. And what a joy it was when she graduated and she would tell me that, oh, and they want me to be a, they want me to be a leader now. And so now she'd fly, she'd flew to Oahu and she'd fly to California and I think Arizona as well to be a part of their camp agapes. And it's so crazy because it boggles my mind because I look at it, Lord, what started out as bad, you turned into good. The times where we ask ourselves, why me? It's because a lot of times we're waiting for God to answer and God is saying, I'm going to answer loud and clear. But the question is, are you ready for it? You see, I want to tell us this, I want to speak this this morning. God doesn't give us circumstances that he can't use. God doesn't give us pain that he can't heal. And God doesn't waste our lives. He gives us life. You know, we can ask ourselves, why me? But that's not the right question to ask. The real question that we need to ask ourselves is, will I? Will I let God use this situation that I'm in? Will I let God heal me from this pain? Will I give God the glory in the midst of all this nonsense? Will I follow Jesus up the mountain or down the valley? Well, this morning, would you welcome our Hula ministry as they come up? Because they want to share with us how we can respond in those times of asking, why me? By saying, yes, I will. fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you're working all things out yes I
say thank you once again to our Hula Ministry. <sighs> I love it. Because that's the truth. When we find ourselves asking why me, it's not really why me, it's will you? Will you still let the Lord use you? Will you let the Lord use your situation because he has a mission for you? You know, there's been several times where I've asked the Lord, why me? And it's not the side of uh, junk stuff happening in my life, but more on the side of there are others far greater than me that can do this. There's far greater other people that you can use, Lord. Why me? And you might be here this morning and maybe you're asking yourself the same thing. Well, it's because God can use a heart that says, yes, I will. And when we say, Lord, I will let you use me, any part of me for your glory, we get to see the promises of God in that. Because he has the plans, he wants to prosper us, he wants to give us a hope in a future. That is his promises that we see throughout the Bible, and especially in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, the best way I can explain it is this. You and I are like this. And if you don't know what this is, this is actually koa. But it has this bark, and if you look at it like this, there's not really much you can really, I mean, there's nothing that really yells out koa. But this is like us. See, God sees who, in, who you and I can be. And just like this piece of koa, it's going to have to get sanded. It's going to have to get cut. And what's funny about this is that wood never yells out to the carpenter, why me? Because if it does, then something's wrong. But it never questions the carpenter. It doesn't say, why are you sanding me down? Why are you cutting me here? Why are you doing this? Why, why me? No. The koa simply just says, whatever your will is, carpenter, have your way. And in the same way, when we give God each and every part of our lives, not just the good, but the bad, even in those why me moments, as he sands it and shapes it, he can turn it. something great with it. But you know what's amazing is this. He doesn't just use the hard times, the struggles, the pain for us. He says, I'm going to use it for you, but not just you. I'm going to use it so that you can go out and tell others about my story. That you can tell them your own trials and tribulations and tell them how I led you through. I have a mission for you. So whenever you and I ask ourselves, Lord, why me? It's because he loves us. He has a plan for us. He wants to prosper us. He has a hope in a future because that's his mission for our lives. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, we thank you so much that, Lord, you do have a mission for our lives. You have a purpose for our lives. And sometimes, Lord, those purposes, those, those missions involve going through hard times, dealing with pain, dealing with uncertainty. And Lord, sometimes we can ask ourselves, why me? But Lord, I pray right now for all of us here that instead of asking that question, that Lord, we would be like Joseph and that we would keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on you. Because you have a plan for our lives to prosper us, not to harm us, because you give us a hope and a future. And when we do, Lord, we'll be able to show others who you are through our very own lives. And Lord, this morning, there may be some of us here that maybe we're going through that. But the thing is, we don't have you. And so Lord, in this, in this moment, Lord, we wanna have an opportunity to receive you this moment. 
There might be some of us here this morning that maybe you have not made the choice to let Jesus be your Lord and Savior. And you're missing out on the mission that he has for you. But I want to give you this opportunity to receive him. I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to ask that you repeat after me. And as you say the words, you mean everything behind it. You say it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord Jesus, I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life because you love me and you have a mission for me. Help me to live my life for you. Thank you. I love you forever and ever in Jesus' name. Now you don't have to repeat this part, but if you said that prayer for the first time with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm gonna ask you, would you be strong and courageous? Would you be brave and courageous by lifting your hand? Because I wanna say a special prayer for you this morning. If there's anyone here saying, yeah, I see you here, I see you. Yeah, I see you, I see you all. Yeah, Lord, oh. Lord, I pray, Lord, as their hands are raised, Lord, that, Lord, they're giving you their lives. That they're trusting that you have a mission and a plan and a purpose for them far greater than they, what they know. And so, Lord, I pray for those who, who right now their hearts are open to you. May, may you just continue to carry out your mission in and through their lives and help them to remember that you love them and that you never leave them. You can put your hands down. And, Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you for loving us in the ways that you do. We look forward to what you're going to continue to do in our lives, through the good and the bad, up the mountain and in the valley because it's all for you. We love you, we thank you, and we pray for all of this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Would you, would you congratulate?